This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox, the definitive chronicle of Brian Pillman 20 years later, and you are listening to the Top Rope Nation. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? This is Ryan Drosty, and this is episode 59 of Top Rope Nation. We're going to be here for the next uh, hour or so talking all the latest in professional wrestling. We're going to get into Money in the Bank. We're going to get into NXT TakeOver Chicago just over two weeks uh, on the horizon, I guess, in mid-June. So we got some things to talk about. Uh, WWE Television this week, NXT, which has really caught fire again, I think, here in 2018. So we've got some good topics there and on the line with me tonight as usual if you are a longtime listener of this show you know both of these guys if you're just tuning in thanks for giving us a shot we think you'll like the show i am joined by justin joint and kyle ross and justin how are you doing in this heat wave we talked about it last week it's freaking hot outside man how are you holding up i'm good i'm i'm just i've been staying inside um Searching up and down on Twitter looking for Road Dog's burner accounts. I know he's got some, just like Brian Colangelo. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I don't know. I think I think we got some ghost accounts listening to uh, Top Rope Nation week in and week out. I think I told you guys this uh, not too long ago, but Connecticut is one of our highest downloaded states. And that is really, really surprising to me. So I don't know if anyone from WWE is listening, but... Maybe they value maybe they value your opinion, Kyle Ross. What's going on, Kyle? I'll tell you what's going on. Let me, let me be very clear about something here at the top of the show. What I'm thinking, what's on my mind. And I, I, I'm really looking forward to breaking away and talking about the greatest sport of them all here for the next hour. Because the second greatest sport of them all uh, left me a bitter mood last night. And I, I want to be very clear that I don't like the Golden State Warriors. I don't like the families of the players of the Golden State Warriors. I don't like the ancestors of the players of the Golden State Warriors. And quite frankly, I don't like the unborn uh, of the families of the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Do, don't you like the coach? I got to think you'd like Steve Kerr. I'll tell you what. I'll, one thing I have, I do admire about Steve Kerr, and I say it every time to my one buddies ever. This guy has not put a pound on in twenty years. I mean, how does he do it? <laughs> he he almost looks like just like he did when he was playing for the Bulls yeah. in the midnight. I mean, it's crazy. I I just got back from Philadelphia. I wa- This should tell you what a fat pig I am at the dinner table. I, I probably averaged about five miles a day walking. I don't think I lose lost one pound because, like, in between <laughs> walks, I would just shove a cheesesteak down my face. 
<laughs> when in Rome, right? When you're there, yeah. you got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the uh, I got to I got to say the Top Rope Nation headquarters has moved. I have been uh, I have been moving houses here in the last week. Uh, I have quite a primitive setup here as we record on Friday evening, and uh, so my old locale where the first fifty eight episodes of this show were recorded is no longer in my possession. I I signed it off earlier tonight, so uh, I am kind of living in a temporary home until our new home is finished construction. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting over the the next couple of weeks recording here, and uh, you may hear my child screaming in the background because I can no longer get away from her like I could at our former house. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. It's uh, I do got to say I got to throw this out right away, guys. Uh, I didn't tell you this off the air, but Uh-oh. I did not <laughs> I did not have cable at all this week as we were moving homes, and so I did not see a minute of Raw or SmackDown. I read the huh? results. Um, and kept up with it that way, but I actually did not see anything. So I'm going to be leaning on you two to see what I missed out on if I didn't actually watch the show. Cool. Well, I, I I watched both shows and I feel like I didn't see a minute of it. So this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Lashley was great. That's all you need to know. Uh, hey, that's quite the 180 out of Kyle <laughs> Rouse there. <laughs> and this is good. Kind of, it sounds like it's going to be a very emotional uh, episode of Top Rope Nation here. By the way, it's not like with a tear in your eye. You know, we're at a different locale this week, huh? Yeah, my old. I'm not going to lie, man. It's tough moving out of a house you lived in for several years, and the house you bring your child home to. You know, so yeah. it was a little. It was a little sad, but uh, it was nice getting that check and looking forward to moving in the new house. So. <laughs> Maybe we'll be there in uh, four weeks when Kyle may may or may not make his way through the great state of Iowa to pay a visit to. My God, what if we recorded in person? We should do that. We should just sit around my dining room table, plug in the mics, and record it live. Yeah, I'm driving. I can bring this freaking microphone if I learn how to set You guys can even teach me how to set it up. <laughs> that is usually our theme when we get started. Is Kyle has technical difficulties a lot, so well, we can you straighten know, I... that out kill my second jmo and sprite so <laughs> all right well before we get started here i do have to point out got to get through everything um if you are listening on itunes hit that subscribe button the one thing i did want to mention too by the way is we have relaunched our patreon page uh, now that we are doing the show full time again after our kind of layoff in the winter time if you go to patreon.com slash top rope nation uh, you can, you know, sign up to be a patron of the show. If you like what we do, you can pledge a dollar a month to us, $10 a month, whatever you want to do. There are perks that come if you uh, become a Patreon subscriber. Uh, we used to live stream all of our shows on video, which was always quite the sight every week to see what yeah, Kyle We was. are handsome men. Yeah. We too. <laughs> this is the key. I mean, that's, that's the real hook. <laughs> but it was always kind of interesting, Kyle, to see what you were wearing. You'd have like a bathrobe on. You'd have the American flag sunglasses. It's Which have broken, by the way, sadly. Oh, that is a travesty. Yeah. That brings a tear to my eye. But... <laughs> yeah. I broke them during a Cavs game, actually. Oh, not surprising. I mean, they were very cheap. So. Yeah. Well, if you guys if you guys want to see us record the show live, you know, we post this on delay. I mix it. The show goes up usually the next day. But if you want to see us record live, if we get enough Patreon supporters again, we will relaunch that initiative and we will live stream all of our shows on video again. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. And of course, like I said, iTunes, subscribe, TopRopeNation.com, wherever podcasts are found. 
Maybe so we could even finish that history of Survivor series that you and I started, <laughs> Ryan. Wasn't that like a week? Actually, that might have been. I think we recorded that the day after the presidential election. I am surprised we had the stamina to do that, Kyle. I'm pretty sure that was like November 9th or 10th or something, 2016, when we did that. It show. is the it, it, it is the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Eve Thanksgiving week November tradition. So yeah, you're probably right. I think yeah. we got through 1989 and then like, I don't know what happened. That actually, you guys should check that out in our archives. It's it's in the first, I don't know, first sometime in the first 20 shows or so that we did, maybe even first 10 or 15. Um, Kyle and I did a really good recap of how Survivor Series got started, talking about all those early shows. And like he, he was alluding to there, we were planning on... Um, doing a recap of like every survivor series like a historical recap up to the 2016 edition and it just didn't happen but that first show is damn good i gotta say yeah, donald trump became president i lost my will to live so <laughs> there you go. blame me <laughs> but i i would like to I, i'd like to kind of hear from our listeners on this and uh i i would like to maybe do some more historical retrospective shows because that was a good time i really enjoyed that I know. I, I, if there's one thing that I need to catch up on, it's these hidden gems that they're dropping on the award-winning WWE Network. Oh, yeah. I have not watched the Piper Valentine match. I have not watched Flair Briscoe yet. I'm going to, after here, I think I'm going to, after we're done recording, I think I'm going to try to fire that up before I go to sleep. Well, I do have internet in this house now, so I could I could potentially do that as well. That's the, th- that's the great thing about this award-winning WWE Network. Always just a click away. <laughs> What am I talking about? Of course I have internet. I'm talking to you on Skype right now. My God, what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so NXT TakeOver uh, Chicago, Money in the Bank on the horizon. Um, I guess we got a little more clarity on the Money in the Bank show this week. We did have Seth Rollins versus Elias added to the card for the IC title. It's a pretty stacked card up and down. Um, but I know Kyle, you got a you got a hot take. We're gonna get to here in a second about the money in the bank matches in particular. But uh, Justin, let me throw it to you. Uh, what's your anticipation level for this year's Money in the Bank show? Are you are you excited? Are you kind of somewhere in the middle? What, what do you make of this card so far? Um, I'm excited for half of it. I, you know, there's I think there's a lot of interesting directions they could go with a lot of these matches. Um. And, you know, I think there's just, as usual, some throwaway ones that I'm not really interested in. Like, uh, and I need to get into this because he mentioned it off air and at the top of the show. I, I need to hear Kyle Ross defend Bobby Lashley because it, it's the booking's been pretty lame so far. Oh, yeah, the booking's been lame. I'm not going to defend the booking. So so what? how are you going to defend? Are, is his finisher a suplex? Am I wrong on that? Hey, Jake Roberts put him down with a DDT for 20 years. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, all right. So I, I can get into this. Uh, by the way, it's interesting. Um, when, when we think about this, and we were talking about show ideas, and the cards are pretty much together. So I kind of want, we still have three Sundays before this Money in the Bank happened. And Backlash seems like it was eons ago. It's kind of funny how. You know, we, we became so used to in the last couple of years, you know, eh, every four weeks there's a WWE show. This is one of the longer gaps there's been between uh, net pay-per-views slash network specials in a long time. I mean, it's going to by the time Money in the Makeup happens, it's going to be like a seven week gap. 
you, you just don't see that anymore. Um, I guess maybe occasionally between whatever the February, you know, Elimination Chamber in Mania. But other than that, I, I can't think of a uh, another situation like that in, in recent times. Maybe you guys can. But uh, with Lashley, it it's an interesting thing. So I'm often critical of modern pro wrestling criticism. And it, it's funny because so many times if somebody's a favorite, particularly of the internet or, you know, on Twitter or whatever. Um, Twitter is technically part of the internet. And that guy's not performing up to the standard they believe. Oh, well, the booking sucks. Oh, WWE sucks. That's WWE's fault. But if it's someone that, you know, this particular critiquer doesn't like, well, it's that that person's not good. And I don't think, you know, Bobby Lashley, look, the stuff sucked, has stuck. With Zayn, the the sister segment obviously was really bad. Although I've got to say, I didn't watch it live, and I had read beforehand the vitriol being spewed towards that segment. And because I was expecting it to be the worst thing I ever watched, it actually and it probably was not the worst thing I've ever seen on pro wrestling television. Um, it actually shockingly exceeded my ridiculously low expectations. But um, last like. I said on this program, I think three weeks ago, they needed to develop Lashley as a character because they had just been ha- kind of sending him out in these random tags with Strowman. And that wasn't really doing him any favors because Braun's really over. He's a bigger guy. And so, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, how that helped Bobby Lashley. Well, then they do go to the character development and it's terrible. So I think people are like, oh, this Lashley thing's a failure. It's over. He's done. Let's pump the brakes on that. The booking has not been good, but he can easily recover from this, in my opinion. And by the way, Sami Zayn, this is a weird thing because this is how WWE works. As bad as this stuff has been that he's been given, his stock maybe and I can see it improving in the office's eyes because I think they're pretty self-aware of how bad that segment came off two weeks ago. And he's doing his damnedest with shite material. And that may improve his stock in the company. I hope so. He's one of the best things on television consistently. He's, he's a fantastic entertainer. And as far as Bobby Lashley goes, it's like, I just, for me, there's just something missing with him. Like the, I don't know if it's some charisma or something. I, well, I mean, he's also, I didn't, I wasn't six weeks or, Two months, I guess, at this point. But, but I mean, was was he all that great in his first run? I mean, they certainly pushed him. I feel like he didn't have to talk, like in the same way that he does now. I, I just maybe I just don't remember it. I blocked it out, but I I don't remember like a lot of promos out of him during that run. He well, it, it was the typical thing. I mean, remember you guys remember the famous story Jim Cornette told that when he got him down in OVW. And he took one look at him and he's like, Jesus Christ, can we somehow hide this man from Vince McMahon? Because once Vince sees him, he's going to take him to the main roster. He's way too green and it's not going to be good for him. And that's precisely what happened. They took him. He was too green. And by the time he left, he was getting good. Like the match he had, I think the last big match he had was with Cena on pay-per-view. And it was probably his best match. But then he leaves. 
Um, and it was kind of like a Drew McIntyre situation where, again, he was pushed too soon to. Now, Lashley was involved in some bigger stuff than McIntyre was. But, um, you know, it was too much too soon. He goes to a smaller promotion, actually gets good in the smaller promotion, and has now been brought back. So, you know, he hasn't had even a one-on-one match on pay-per-view yet. I just think it's way too early to write this character off. Mm-hmm. Despite I, the I, fact that it hasn't been good. I mean, it, it, there's no sugarcoating that, that the TV's been lousy for him. But it apps, the, the idea that, oh, it's over, he's fucked. I mean, that's, come on now, folks. That's that's just reactionary Twitter yes. wrestling fandom nowadays. It's just, if, if, if one person or lady has, you know, a bad month, they're buried and there's no recovering, which wrestling nowadays is is, is long long form storytelling and nobody's not, buried for gerd yeah and especially the way that they treat the audience well all on the they don't remember what happened three months ago i mean that only you know kind of accentuates what we're talking about here mm-hmm. yeah i think one of the problems and i was pretty vocal about this when he returned here on the show is that i felt like they believed lashley was a bigger star than he really is when he came back There's- there's something to that. I, yeah. I will agree with that because they haven't done anything particular. Like, okay, the thing with Zane, we all agree it sucks, but it's a storyline at least, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When they brought him back and I was live in the crowd, I was like, I looked at my buddy, I'm like, that's how they brought Bobby Lashley back? It was very, like, he just came out and he suplexed, like, Elias, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, everyone comes out and interrupts Elias. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the Lesnar thing is sort of rights itself and they have not even touched upon that. Like to me, if you want to make Lashley a bigger deal, Hey, Brock Lesnar's not the only guy around here with MMA background. Look at me. Mm-hmm. And he, by the way, you know, it, he never beat me the first time. I mean, granted they didn't cross paths, but you know, who cared? Just say it anyway. Yeah. And yeah, Lashley wasn't in the big leagues. He was a belt tour, but I mean, you know, I mean, who was Brock Lesnar before he beat Randy Couture in the MMA world? He was nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also, Lashley's also hamstrung because even if they do like a video package to to show what he was in the WWE before he left, like they can't, they don't even want to show like his biggest moment because of the whole Donald Trump connection. So he's kind of <laughs> hamstrung there. <laughs> yeah, they just show him walking to the ring, and he participated in the biggest match, one of the biggest matches in WrestleMania history. And you're like, "Well, what was it?" Yeah, because they just show him walking to the ring. Yeah, so they tried to avoid that. So, yeah, I don't know. I definitely don't think I don't I don't think he he's done or buried or anything like that. I I think the ceiling is still still high for him. They just got to come up with the right story. And yeah, the the Lesnar angle would be pretty good if Brock Lesnar was ever around, yes. but. You know, I, I don't see how how they're going to get to that. Um, we God, we could get in discussion on that, too. And Brock Lesnar and SummerSlam. We kind of talked about that on a, a past episode. But who do we think the opponent's going to be God. for Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam? Roman Reigns, man. I want it to be Seth Rollins personally. It, it has to be one of those three yeah. Reigns, Lashley or Rollins. I, I cannot see it being anyone else. I don't know how you make the argument that. Anybody other than Seth Rollins should beat him for the title at this point. Just, you know, just with the year that Rollins is having and them not pulling the trigger with Reigns all these times, like, why not? Rollins if, is the guy. If I think, 
What? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you I was are. just I, I was just going to throw in for the. I mean, you could throw Strowman in there too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but yeah. I don't think they want to put the title on him, and you don't want him to lose. That's true. The, the, that's the issue with Strowman, and we'll I'll, I'll bring that. I'll circle back to that when we talk about the Money in the Bank match. Why I actually don't think he's going to win, but um, you know, if you to Ryan's point with Rollins, if you want the quote unquote traditional baby face, you know, cr- everyone in the crowd behind the baby face, then you go with Seth Rollins. Yeah, but at the same time, I I, I think it would be a dumb to beat Seth Rollins. Oh yeah, for sure. I I would like to see an Intercontinental versus Universal Champion match where Rollins wins and has both belts to end SummerSlam. I think I referenced this two weeks ago, but and they're not going to do it, obviously. But to me, the best story they could have told this summer on the Raw brand would have been Rollins beating Lesnar for the title, and then a um, having Roman Reigns win the briefcase and then cashing on in on Seth to bring it full circle and then mm-hmm. doing his heel turn. Cause yeah. that's, I think a way that that would, you, you could actually make the heel turn work with Roman Reigns for everybody. Oh yeah. I think that would be great. Yeah. I think it seems like Seth is, is laying the groundwork for a match with Brock. So they could definitely do that whole story about how Seth is the real champion on raw and all his title defenses versus Brock. Who's never around. And I think it would be intriguing. I think that is a, that's definitely a title match for the second biggest show of the year. So. I, you know, Kyle mentioned like you, you can't really see them having Rollins lose at SummerSlam or uh, what was it, Lashley. I, I, Brock Lesnar's title reign is coming to an end regardless of who he faces at SummerSlam. I can't imagine them keeping this I going any that. longer. I, I, yeah, th- th- that is a good point. Th- th- that is the, I mean, th- this thing we've talked about how it's just hampered. I mean, you know, we threw out four baby faces, including Strowman. It was Strowman that I said, um, you know, uh, you don't want him losing, certainly. to um, You know, you don't want really any of the four you don't want losing to Lesnar. And that is a good point, Justin, that um, whoever gets the shot probably is winning. I mean, dear God. Yeah. I mean, please, you cannot keep this Brock Lesnar thing going. Well, according to this week's Observer from Big oh, Dave Meltzer, um, We'll, we'll know <sighs> based upon if Brock, you know, re-enters the USADA uh, drug testing pool for yes. UFC, right? If if he does that, he's probably gone, and he's definitely losing the title. So, if he's God, if he's looking, God, I would to re- love to get two losses out of him. Get two. Oh, yeah. You gotta get two losses out of that guy out the door. Yeah. God, no kidding, especially as long as he's been built up as this monster that nobody can beat. And, and here's what's hypocritical. So I, I listen, I've been listening pure to the uh, Pritchard show, you know, sometimes when I'm like doing work in the yard or something like that. And it was funny when he defended their booking of Goldberg in 03, which was terrible. <laughs> you know, he, he totally gave a company the company line on Goldberg. And his point, but he did make this point, and I kind of thought about it a little bit, and it made me think of Brock Lesnar currently. He's like, "Well, you know, Bill just wanted to come in and just beat everybody, and then he would lose his last match." And Pritchard goes, "Well, you know, that's fine. He loses, but what about all the guys he beat before that last match?" And I was like, eh, "That's not a terrible point, I guess." But then it got me to thinking about Lesnar. It's like, okay, he's beaten a lot of people. And he's not giving them all those jobs back. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he's not giving the job back to Samoa Joe for sure. He's not, he may not give the job back to Strowman. He's, we assume he's going to do it, the honors for Reigns, finally. But, I mean, are they going to get a second loss out of him? I don't know. Yeah, if it's only Roman that gets the win over Lesnar and he's gone, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean, would suck. Yeah, I think that's an issue, kind of. Yeah. But a lot of these baby fa- I, I mean, I look up and down this Money in the Bank card. We talked about the last. I, Lashley's going to definitely beat Sami Zayn. And I think he should be booked to look strong. And, I look, you know, Sami's done a good job, but there's just no. I mean, unless if, <laughs> if they do have Sami beat Lashley, then there's a problem with Bobby Lashley. Moving mm-hmm. forward, um, it's just too early to beat Bobby Lashley in that regard. And I see Seth Rollins, you know, Meltzer, I think it was, was speculating, oh, we could see a change here, you know, with Eli- Elias is like Braun Strowman does not need a title, in my opinion. Yeah, he's over with his gimmick. He does not need I mean, he does not need the Intercontinental title. No. Yeah, well. As always, coming out of Money in the Bank, the question's going to be, who has the briefcase? You alluded to it a second ago. You know, if Reigns ends up with a briefcase and uh, down the line and, and, then, and then he uses that to, like, double-cross Yeah, yeah uh, so it's Rollins. not going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, they didn't do I, I thought that story was what they were building to, and they're not going to... I mean, obviously, yeah, Roman's not in the hall. It's not yeah. even going <laughs> to happen. Unless, well, what I was going to get to is unless whoever wins the Money in the Bank briefcase puts it on the line or something down the oh. road and then uh, then roman could end up with it but as of now yeah he's not in the match he only did that once and that was for that ken kennedy disaster yeah so what we wanted to get into here with the money in the bank matches and now of course we have a female money in the bank match as well but especially with the men's side and we talked about this off air the big question is has money in the bank ran its course is this gimmick played out? Do people care like they used to? And, you know, we've got a big field this year. I think there's some intrigue on, on some people who could win still. Uh, but to me, the show just doesn't have the excitement maybe that it did in past years. And I don't know how Justin feels on this. I know Kyle has some strong feelings on it. But it is a situation where, and this happens a lot when NXT shares the weekend with the main roster shows, where the NXT show, I think, is, at least from a a match standpoint, is really outshining this show, I think. I mean, my anticipation for for the matches, TakeOver looks to be an awesome card. Um, I'm not saying this isn't going to be a good show either, but I'm a lot more intrigued with the matches at TakeOver, I think, than I am about Money in the Bank. And is that a sign that Money in the Bank is just not a big deal anymore. What do you think, Justin? I totally disagree. I think it's still a, a huge deal. And, and especially now that we've had like three money in the bank winners that have lost, you know, their chance. It's not like it's a given that whoever wins is going to be the champion. Like it was for a while. Um, and it's, yeah, no, I, I, it's better than anything other than, you know, as, as far as, getting a championship it's better than survivor series as far as a big pay-per-view goes um royal rumble is still a far bigger deal but it definitely it gives you a, a big insight as to what the company or who the company is looking at as far as you know a future star and sometimes it doesn't work out you know i think they thought baron corbin was going to be a big deal or that the 
crowd was really going to maybe latch on to him a little bit more. Same with Damian Sandow. And it didn't happen, so they had him lose it. No big deal. You know, they kind of start over, etch a sketch. But remember when people were mad that Damian Sandow got released? <laughs> Man, I, I was a fan of Damian Sandow. I thought they he could've... was good, but I think it was pretty clear who the star of that act was. Yeah, I mean, they could have <laughs> they could have done a lot more with him um, than they did, but it wasn't like him getting released was the end of the world. To your point, no. yeah. He was the Virgil, and Miz was ten, the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> Remember when we saw Virgil uh, down in New Orleans, about halfway through that uh, WWN show on uh, what was that Friday night? Up. Don't get me started. On Virgil, <laughs> uh, speaking of of uh, that weekend when we traveled to New Orleans, what I was going to mention, and I was thinking about it when Justin was talking about Money in the Bank, is God, one of my best Money in the Bank memories in recent years has been uh the guy we saw in the st louis airport justin traveling with the money in the bank briefcase that was really something yeah yeah it's fantastic <laughs> it was awesome it's a there great was, gimmick yeah just a load of of wrestling fans all over the st louis airport getting ready to board the plane for new orleans and this dude just his carry-on bag was the money in the bank briefcase it was badass hey. Guaranteed him, guaranteed him a spot. <laughs> you know that that briefcase is, is just an instant pop or instant heat, depending on whatever they want to do. Yeah. Okay, I want to. Can I can I jump yeah, in here? Go ahead. I was going to go right to you. All right. I think you're both right. Actually, uh, it is still over. The briefcase. I mean, for God's sake, Carmella got a big pop when she cashed it in just a couple months ago, right? So it it does work. My issue with it, though, is and this to me is a legit criticism of modern WWE, at least from my perspective, is year to year is the year to year sameness of the product. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you know, you, you look back at it, you're like, you know, was 2013 really that different than 2014? Was 2014 really that different than 2015? You know, in this modern era, it's crazy how sort of similar the years you can stretch back and how similar the years have been over a longer period. Where if you go back to the 80s and 90s, and there are reasons for this, both, you know, that are both good and bad, you know, <laughs> you looked at like, years that were two years apart and it was like worlds different who was on top all you know these sort of tipping point moments and the promotion whereas you just don't have that anymore mm -hmm. and i bring this up because money in the bank and i actually do view this as a negative very much plays into the sameness of wwe year after year it's just like okay who's gonna win money in the bank you know and okay they're gonna do it and my issue is what i'm sick of and what made me think of this is I saw Meltzer going back and forth with someone on Twitter about, um, you know, who should win the the women's money, the big batch. And he's like, oh, Charlotte should absolutely not win it. That That's not the way they should have her get back into the picture. It should be, you know, in Alexa or, um, you know, he named somebody else, you know, with the cheap win. And that's what I'm kind of sick of with this is the heel winning and getting the same cheap win every year. You mm -hmm. know, they run into the mat like. Some of them have been good, but like a lot of them are just forgettable and run together and really don't help the person long term. I mean, for every edge, 
there's two people who would, eh, didn't really do as much. Yeah. I mean, what are the memorable caches? It's Edge. I liked that. Obviously, that made the gimmick. I mean, that was, I watched that show live. That, that was, to me at the time, was incredible, just revolutionary how a guy comes out. He's like, I'm challenging for the world title right now. And he did it. And he just like crushed John Cena in like a minute or whatever. I mean, it was great. I liked Van Damme when he did it because it was very different because it wasn't a heel. He was like, no, there's going to be a second ECW pay-per-view. I want to main event that show. And they don't do, they don't do those nearly enough anymore. Like, like, go ahead. That's that's the thing is the problem is not money in the bank. It's how WWE books it. And obviously I think it's just easier to have the heel carry it. But if you, if you have, you know, the face who announces in advance that they're cashing in at this event, it works that way, and it's not like they have to win. John Cena cashed in at, uh, what was it, Raw 1000? Lost. And it, it just mm-hmm. depends on who they give it to. It's like, if they gave it to, you know, if Finn happens to win it, and he says he's cashing in at SummerSlam, and, you know, God forbid he lost to Brock Lesnar, I mean, what does he really lose from that? Is is he not going to be as popular? No, I mean, it's just, I mean, it is, it's just kind of the way they do it. I mean, it gets a title shot. I mean, I, you know, look, the way modern WWE works, it's a stable, but I, I, I got to say this. I just referenced Edge. Folks, the first Money in the Bank briefcase half match was over 13 years ago. How many gimmick matches last that long? Now it's a testament probably to the gimmick itself. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, other than the Rumble, I mean, what gimmick match has worked for this long, they they need to bring back the Judy Bagwell on a on a <laughs> yeah. forklift man. I mean, to be honest <laughs> with you, I mean, Hell in a Cell kind of got ran into the ground and is not does not mean anywhere near it what it used to be. Yeah. So, uh, well, but part of that is because it's an annual pay per view. Yes, it's like, I agree. Just, well, you know, they, and, they, it's it's forced onto a, a feud instead of being like randomly at the end of one. Yeah. Okay, and, and this works in the sense that you can do it randomly much better than Hell in a Cell because you can just throw a bunch of guys in a match and it's like, okay, it's money in the bank. Eight guys qualify for it. You know, this works better that it's not as awkward as just, oh, it's October. It's time to put two guys in Hell in a Cell. Like this works better than that. But at the same time, I, I think for me, that year to year sameness of the product, you know, when this became its own standalone pay-per-view, I mean, the matches themselves really run together. I mean, what's your favorite Money in the Bank match over the last several years? I, 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 mean, was, what, thinking, what, I, no, I was thinking about that same thing. It's like, I, there's no way, because I was going to ask you, I was like, hey, maybe, you know, during this episode, we should favorite Money in the Bank match. And the more I thought of it, I was like, eh, fuck, I don't really have one, because they all just kind of blend together. I was the same way with the Elimination Chamber, actually. I went back before they did that. I was watching a lot of the old Elimination Chambers, and I was like, yeah, this is good, but I, I don't know if it was necessarily better than this. I mean, there's been a, a few that have stood out, you know, in those, and I'm sure there's a few Money in the Bank ones. You know, to me, the ones I remember are actually the ones that were on the WrestleMania cards mm-hmm. the first couple of years. Yeah. I'd say in recent years, and shit, this was seven years ago, I think now. I, I, I like the one that Brian won, 20, 2011. Um, the one think, that Rollins won was yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah that one they, was good. They definitely do. Good. They definitely do run together. And I think that, yeah, that is emblematic of the product as a whole. To, to me, it's 
just in any WWE storylines these days, it's really hard for me to pinpoint. Like, if you were to say to me, oh, what was going on in uh, December of 2014? Like, it's sometimes it's it's hard for me to remember just off the top of my head by a date. Yeah. But, like, if you go back to the 80s and 90s and you throw out a date, like, almost every year I could I could tell you what the top feuds were at the time. Yeah, like I could tell you, I could probably, uh, no one wants to hear this, and I promise you I won't, folks. I mean, I could just go 30 minutes straight on like December of 1987, but December 2014, I, I'm i struggling right now too. I think I was actually <laughs> at a pay-per-view in December of 2014, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I was, as a matter of fact. So that's a bad example. But, um, but still, yeah, I mean, your point stands, and um, I, I just... I hope they have some more creative options for the winners. I think that's what it is. I, I just don't want two heel winners and we're like, oh, when are they going to sneak in and win it? Because I actually don't think that gimmick works that great. It worked tremendously for Edge, okay? And, it, I mean, it took him to a main eventer. Although, you know, there were some kind of, it's interesting, it, it almost didn't because they had him lose it back so quick, but because of the Rob Van Dam suspension over the summer that year, he wound up getting back into the main event scene and stayed there for the next uh, four years or whatever. But I, I, that's what I, that what I'm hoping to come out of this pay-per-view is some interesting, fresh, I don't know what they are ideas for the money, in the bank cat winners. And I actually think there's a chance we could see one of them get cashed in that night. Which has happened before. Kane did it. They showed it on uh, either Raw or SmackDown this week. Dean um, Ambrose did it too. That's right. He did. Uh, and set up the shield. That's right. So it's, they've, they've done it two times before. See, see, that's the thing. Like, how many times can you get, like, what creative ways are there with this thing? And I think the fact that you got a last man standing match would be a pretty damn good yes. setup for cashing it. Yes. And I think I, I thought of that. There, there, there is an argument to be made for both a potential men's winner and a potential women's winner to cash in th- that night in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I can, um, Miz, I think, would be the men's winner. Um, he could take advantage of Styles and Nakamura both being laid out or whatever in the la- last man standing match. And then I can't believe I'm saying this, but Natty turning on Ronda Rousey would also make logical sense. <laughs> it would. I did not think of that one, but that would definitely make sense based you know, on television. So because they they're not, I, I can't imagine they're going to beat Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, you could argue eh, Stephanie interference, but ah, man, you know, as much as people are like, uh, is it too early to have Ronda in a title match? It's definitely too early to beat her. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, to to kind of bookend this this topic um i brought it up because we talked about it off air and kyle you definitely had a lot you wanted to say about that so i wanted to get around to it i my own personal feelings because i I posed the question is has it ran its course i haven't really shared my personal feeling on that but i I think it still works i I still like the gimmick but i don't know i i kind of agree with what kyle was saying like they need to Need to do something to jumpstart a little bit to bring some intrigue back to it because yeah the whole the heel having it and carrying I don't want to see like Kevin Owens like you know sliding in and out of the ring every yeah. week. Yeah, that's right, out of the and formula. that's not going to happen. 
Yeah. But, but like that's just an example. I just don't want or Alexa Bliss. Yeah. For the women. Yeah. I just don't want to see that. Yeah. On the surface, I still like the idea Personally. and I like the gimmick, but um I do think they need to give me something new. Yeah, inject some life into it for sure. Um I wanted to talk about the women's money in the bank match for sure too, because uh one of our listeners sent in a question for tonight. Uh and he was asking about um the fact that we've got the charlotte and becky lynch match next week on smackdown which is a pretty big television match uh he wanted to know what we thought as far as um is there any chance we see a heel turn in that match heading into uh money in the bank in the coming weeks do we think either charlotte or or becky could turn heel in that match that's that's tough to have a heel turn in a, you know, eight-person match. It, it can be done, but I think that takes away some of the significance of it. I, I, it would have to, for me, it would preferably be like before, or after, you know, maybe something happens uh, during the match, and then, then you know, on the next show, then they do the heel turn, kind of mm-hmm. like what they've been teasing with Sasha and uh, Bailey for so long. Yeah, well, that's what he's saying is like the heel turn on SmackDown um, in advance of Money in the Bank. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, once again, I think it just it, it gets lost in the match. I, mm-hmm. There's just I think there's just too much going on, too many participants to do a heel turn there. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think we lost Kyle. We did. I'm trying to get him back on the line right now. <laughs> I broke kayfabe. Sorry, no, that's folks. All right. Technical problems here on Top Rope Nation. Kyle has has dropped out. We're going to bring him back because I'm sure Kyle has. A I'm back. This. There he is. I'm, I'm back. What a freaking atrocity! <laughs> this is money in the bank. How about freaking? I need some money in the bank for the internet. Apparently, around here. What do you think, Kyle? Did you hear the question? Do you think there's any chance we would see a Charlotte or Becky Lynch heel turn on SmackDown? during their match next week in advance of Money in the Bank? Not a hard heel turn, okay. if that makes sense. No. I Which, mean, I think, I think there will be the, are there problems brewing in their friendship storyline, but I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know where they're going with Charlotte. I, 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 she, to me, is a potential winner because I brought this up before, and it's funny because we're talking about Money in the Bank. I just mm, don't like the way that the SmackDown women's division has shook out over the last year with the benefit of hindsight. I don't like that. Carmella's a good character, not a great wrestler, put it mildly. But to have that match they had at Mania with Asuka and Charlotte, with all the pomp and circumstance, and have Asuka's undefeated streak end, and then to have that whole thing result in just a typical money in the bank cash and with Carmella, I think was foolish. I think Carmella was hotter right off the win last year, and she easily could have won it right then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm interested because to me, and this goes back to what I was saying about oh, you know, these heel cashins, what do they do? Once Charlotte or uh, Carmella loses this title, where's she going to be? Dead in the water, or you know, maybe that's too harsh. But she's going to be out of the title picture. To me, the title picture, you're going back to Asuka Charlotte, right? Yeah. I mean, there's going to be 
I don't know what else you do on top. Yeah, I, I also feel that way. And it's kind of ironic because in some ways the women's division right now, well, especially on Raw, I guess we're mostly talking SmackDown here, on Raw is is intriguing because of Rousey's involvement and everything. But in, in other ways, it feels like the division has taken a step back in 2018, just across the board because Rousey's an outsider coming in. And when you when you go when you go to your uh what's the what's the term I'm looking for? Like your your uh homegrown talent. Maybe they've kind of shuffled to the back a little bit. Eh, I think that's unfair. I mean Ronda Rousey should be at the forefront. No, I no, I, I agree. She should be at the forefront. But it does seem your like full timers is what you were looking yeah, for. Yeah, like the, yeah, the the full timers have kind of I don't know. The intrigue isn't there like it was maybe last year or the year before. Hell, I mean, they're dragging their ass with the Sasha Bailey thing on Raw. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny that they build Nia up as that great baby face, you know, to beat the bully Alexa. And now she's a heel. (laughs) You know, I mean, again, it goes back to how much foresight's been put into some of this stuff. But let's go through the women here, because I think to me, the it's more intriguing than the men. The men, it's pretty easy to eliminate a lot of the names from winning. But here, um, I'm not as confident. Ember Moon's a name I've seen floated out. She's, by the way, of all the women that have been brought up in the last year, is the only one who made it into this match. You know, did you notice, have you noticed that? Riot Squad's not in this. Mm -hmm. Um, The remnants of Absolution are not in this. Iconics are not in this. So it's kind of funny. You've brought all these new women up to not be it. And none of them are in this match. You have, you know, kind of the more established names on uh, yeah, Charlotte well. Flair. Charlotte Flair, obviously, you know, is as protected as anybody in the women's division. It is always a threat to win. I don't think Alexa has a, a good chance at all. I, I just think that would be. She's been a champion for so long on both brands. I don't know what you do with her. And it's obvious they're high on her, but I she's exhibit A of what I don't want to see done with the briefcase. She mm-hmm. fits the bill of what you and I were saying we don't want to see done with this briefcase. It's kind of as as you talked about how none of the new um, call ups are in this match outside of Ember. Isn't that kind of it on the surface you would think that would say, you know, it's kind of a difficult match, a ladder match, maybe they just don't have the trust in those performers yet to to be in a ladder no. match. But then when but then when you look down <laughs> the list of the people that are in the match and then you see Lana, that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. They need to do a hope spot with Lana in this match. <laughs> if I'm agenting this match, look, Lana is not going to be the star of this match. Okay. But you absolutely have to do a spot where everyone is down and she looks like she can win. I, I think that'll get over big with the crowd if you give Lana one hope spot. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, Alexa or some heel can, can cost it to her. Because I, I think the crowd will get really behind Lana climbing up. Now, you should not have Lana win. Let's be clear there. But <laughs> I, I think it would be like a little, if I'm agenting, I, I put that in there. But go, she's not going to win. Uh, Becky Lynch just, you know, it, it's... <laughs> You know, she's as misused maybe as anybody in the promotion um, in, ta- in terms of being underpushed. She's not going to win. Natalia, because of the angle with Rousey, I think does have a shot to win. I don't think Naomi has a shot to win. And Sasha, was I, she won, she's a glue person for the match. She's going to do a lot of the crazy dives, but I don't see her winning either. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us with Natty, Charlotte, or Ember as the 
those are my top three that I'm looking at right now as we've got, you know, what, two full weeks of television to go. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be one of those three. Your thoughts, either. Well, me personally, my gut feeling is Charlotte's going to win it. But I kind of agree with, with what you said there. I... I do I do think there's a chance Alexa Bliss wins it because like you said they are I know you said that's what you don't want to see and I kind of agree um but as high as they are on her and her not having the title it does put focus on her to have the briefcase on her so I I could that I guess my true. gut yeah. my gut just feeling because, is Alexa or Charlotte yeah go ahead I was going to say just cuz there's certain people they protect Mm-hmm. You know, they, they want to keep them at a level and a briefcase is the way to keep them at that level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And the, the interesting thing, though, is if Rousey. Wins over Naya. You. That, you that, that's the so, crux of the whole question is, is yeah. that match? Yes. And it's going to be match order is going to be really interesting. I think this night, um, because as much as I said, I don't want to heal. If Natty just did it right away, I'm actually just so I don't sound hypocritical or I'm arguing against myself. I wouldn't mind that as much in, in place of the, you know, dragging it out over a couple months. Yeah, no, I agree. If, if Natty wins, it, it feels like she would have to use it right away. Yeah, because then otherwise I think people would see it coming. Mm-hmm. The audience is smart enough now that everyone would see that coming. You're right. So so Natty almost it's she cashes it in that night or she's not winning. Yeah. Ember, okay. Raw, I mean, would she just kind of be, if she would win, would she just be kind of the baby face? Hey, I'm going to take you on, Ronda Rousey. You know, not no sneak attacks. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I want you at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And then Charlotte is kind of the, you know, would might be the same thing on SmackDown. If Asuka were to beat Carmella, hey, I, you know, I beat you before Asuka. I ended your streak. Um, you know, I, I'm taking you on. Although it doesn't seem like you need the briefcase to do that storyline. No. So that that kind of leads me back to Alexa then. Because then if she doesn't win the briefcase, what's her role? How do they keep her... There- that is true. Yeah, because the other ones, I don't think, you know, Lana, Naomi, even Sasha, which I think is wrong um, of them, and Becky also wrong of them. They don't protect those four as much. Mm-hmm. They don't protect Natty either, but I, I just think that Natty kind of has a, actually has a storyline going for her that they're going to do something with. I mean, we, we all agree that Natty is turning on Ronda Rousey, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's a way to do it. I'm going to pick Natty right now she's my pick right now that that's what i've been thinking for a while because i i would just be shocked if they put the title on ronda right now with all the stuff you read you know on the quote-unquote dirt sheets and whatnot is they're afraid of pushing her too fast and she wants to earn it and now all of a sudden she's getting a title shot in her second match Um, i definitely think natty's going to be involved you know it's really interesting did you guys read, speaking of in the dirt sheets, somebody said, oh, you know, why click here for why Rousey's getting this title shot so quick? And the reason was, well, they didn't want her to miss a pay-per-view and they didn't have anything else for her. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That is jaw-dropping to me. You're, <laughs> you're putting this investment in Ronda. Like, I don't know if that's true, but you make this financial investment in Ronda Rousey, and you don't have a six-month story arc mapped out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I so I don't know what to believe there. Did that come from PW Insider? I don't know. I'm fairly certain that was the source on that. Yeah, I did read that. So, I don't know. I guess <laughs> this is funny because we talked about if if the match is played out, but we've had some pretty good discussion on this, so maybe there is quite a bit of intrigue. I mean, well, the thing with it is you don't, like, you know, I mean, another issue is it's a... It, it, there's so many multi-person main events that they've done over the last year that mm-hmm. kind of hurts us too. And that's not this match's fault. That's just the booking. Yeah. Uh, particularly on the men's side, but you know, you have the elimination chamber. That's another, that's another, we should have mentioned that the elimination chambers kind of started around the same time as money. The bank, those are kind of like the two big gimmick matches of the two thousands that they've developed. Yeah. Um, I can't believe we actually didn't have that, but um, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it kind, but this to me, you know, elimination chamber is just more of a straight. It always functions as the well, whoever didn't win the rumble, we need to set up the other title match for WrestleMania. That's kind of its thing, which you know can be again formulaic and play into the sameness of year over year too. Mm-hmm. Who do we think is going to win the men? Mm. <laughs> uh, looking at those names, personally, I feel like Miz. It's probably my number one pick. Um, yeah. But outside of him, I could I could see Balor winning it. Not to get not to get Justin too excited. Oh, you. Is there any two people who quote can see Balor winning on a regular basis more than my co-host? This <laughs> I know. I think I think I would like to see Miz win. Uh, out of the guys in the match, I think he would be the one I would most like to see. And it, honestly, it just seems like he could win it. Because we've, we talked about a couple weeks ago how Miz and Brian should be a title feud eventually. It's the money. That is the money match on SmackDown. And they're keeping the, them apart, yes. too. I mean, they've made it a point to keep. So this is going to be long term. We had even speculated, can they drag this all the way to Mania? Yeah. Yeah, and I had said maybe SummerSlam, and so what you had said a little bit ago about the winner cashing in the same night in the last man's, after the last man standing match, I would actually love that if Miz cashed in, won the title, and they parlay that into Miz Bryan for the title in two months at SummerSlam. I can see that. This, to me, there's, again, a lot of people you can rule out. I think there's even more people you can rule out uh, than the women. Rusev is not going to win. Bobby Roode is definitely not going to win. Uh, Kevin Owens is not going to win. Samoa Joe's not going to win. And I don't think the New Day, whoever represents New Day, is going to win either. No. That, that's kind of an interesting thing, though, because especially if it's Big E, it could be like a launching pad for some sort of singles push. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to do that, but, you know, it, it, that, there's some intrigue there. You know, Kofi would be like, they do it just because of the history of the ladder matches, but to me, that's like the most unappealing option of the three. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. And then Strowman does not need the briefcase. No, uh, and that that would be weird. Again, yeah, it would be, be really, really weird. weird having to have it. Um, you know, I, there's some people who think he was going. The original plan, some people were saying, was Reigns would beat Lesnar at this was going to beat Lesnar at this show, and then Strowman was going to cash in 
on Reigns. I don't know how I feel about that idea. No, I don't like that. I mean, that. it's not going to happen. But cheap, like, it cheapens Braun Strowman, I think. Well, it also cheapens beating Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like you're telling, like, how you, of all the awful ways they've booked Roman, I mean, that would take the effing cake. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, he finally gets his win over Lesnar. Now he just immediately loses the title to Braun Strowman. Yeah. Well, what you just went through... Uh, kind of crossing off the names that don't really have much of a chance or logically wouldn't make as much sense. That's that's kind of the same process I went through in my head thinking about it, and that's that's kind of why I came to the conclusion that outside of the Miz, Balor, I guess, would be my next most likely guy to win it. I mean, maybe they do a heel turn or something. I don't know, maybe. But to me, we, we all know the Miz is probably going to be the champion on SmackDown at some point. So it would be a lot. You know, this is a way, you know, for them to get from A to B, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. So I think there's a pretty good shot. We'll see the Miz, but who knows? Uh, Are we three for three on is Justin? I mean, I mean, the, to me, I, I don't know. I, I think the Miz is pretty clear cut on here. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? Uh, if I had to put money on it, that's where I'd go. I, I think an argument, unlike you guys, I, I think an argument could be made for every single one of these guys. Um, and and I personally would be really entertained by Kevin Owens carrying it around and and honestly I I think if I once again if I had to put money on it I would put my money on Kofi Kingston for the for the New Day guys. But he Man, they, no not not to win it, it but being being the guy that they choose to be in the match. You're saying? Yeah, no, even to win it. Oh, because they they've 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 said God. numerous times both Biggie both Biggie and Xavier have said you know not on camera, that their goal is to get Kofi that title, you know, being the elder statesman of the group is that that's what they, they want. And if they have any kind of pull behind the scenes, you know, maybe they can get that done. And it's not like, and it's not like, and it's not like Kofi, Kofi doesn't need a long run. Yeah. I think, I think I would like to see Xavier Woods if they go with the flyers in the group, either Kofi or him. I'd like to see Xavier Woods get the spotlight a little bit. Some disagreement. I want to see Big E for sure out of the three. Well, yeah, I I think Big E is the guy with with the highest ceiling in the group mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. That's, but if yeah, they want someone, here, can, I, if they want someone that can fly, you got Kofi or Xavier, and I'd like to, I'd like to see Xavier kind of get the spotlight a little bit in that scenario. And Kofi would basically be Sa- the Sasha Banks of the men's match, yeah. just the spots. Mm-hmm. I don't think Nakamura is winning the title, by the way. You know, I was actually just about to say, I'm actually rooting for any of the Raw guys to get the briefcase because I'm really hoping for a a Nakamura heel title run. I don't think I... Well, I do think this is going to be their best match that they've had in WWE so far. I think think, uh, the recipe is there for them to have their best match since the feud began. This but. promotion has not been shy about building to that heel title win in the past that we talk about. But here's the thing. Okay, if Nakamura does win, how are you getting to Miz then? Is That's... Miz just going to cash in in a Nakamura match, like a different one then? Like, I could see... The way they book, I could see the Miz leaving with the title at Money in the Bank, inter- interjecting himself, like before this match even ends. Like he just kind of comes out when they're both 
laying down or something. You know, that that's a perfect time. They're, you know, the ref's counting. He's at six. Miz runs out and just pins one of them. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's something they've already almost done. The main event at SummerSlam is title match. Champion Nakamura versus Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan wins. Miz cashes in. Leads okay. into you, you build it to WrestleMania. Then you, you could you could do that too. You could do that. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Mm-hmm. So it, it it plays into the fact. Okay, so we definitely Miz almost seems like the surest bet on this card. <laughs> That's for sure. I hope yeah. the great Jinder Mahal wins. By the way, you talk about great workers. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see that reaction, Chicago. And it's they're shoehorning. They're trying to shoehorn Reigns into that traditional babyface role. Mm-hmm. Man, Reigns matches tend to work better when he's against a guy, you know, one of those sort of quote unquote popular heels with the internet. You know, like a Kevin Owens, where everyone in the crowd's got someone to cheer for. It's going to be interesting to see the live the reaction of the live crowd to that match when it's a traditional babyface versus heel match, and the traditional babyface struggles in places like Chicago. Those bizarro world I'll tell you markets. What. <laughs> they they just as well make this Reigns Mahal match a, a beach volleyball match on a pole match. Mm, yeah, it is. It is going to be that kind of reception for sure. Yeah. Well, don't care about either tag team title match, by the way, man. If, if you talk about things that have fallen off, I mean, we, they haven't even announced the Raw one yet because they're going to determine it next week. But you know, something that people have to say. I, or I've got to say, I should say, are the Bludgeon Brothers good? <laughs> like, did, yeah, like, we. I remember we talked about this last week a little bit, and I just I felt like it's it's an act with a shelf life. Like I think it's I thought it was really good when it started, but it's kind of ran its course. I mean, it made sense. They they booked it logically. Okay, mm-hmm. dominant heel team. They win the titles, but. There's just nothing compelling for them to do, and I don't think they're a very compelling act, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm not alone in thinking I'd much rather see Luke Harper work as a single, even if as, as a mid-card guy. By the way, how many matches did we have at WrestleMania? Was it like 13? I think it was around like 25 to 30. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I, think it, I thought it was 14, including pre-show. Okay, Hold on, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Well, this what, is gonna have this is gonna have like eleven. But that's remember, what I was just gonna say. Show. Holy crap! Four, this is a long show. Yeah, I was wondering if they were gonna add all the titles in, but they like found a spot for Rollins. They're gonna do both tags. Um, but remember, they're four hour pay per view. They've got four hour windows now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. You add the other tag team match. You had ten matches right there. So it's it's gonna be a marathon, and, especially when you're doing these Money in the Bank matches, which tend to get a lot of time. So and. Daniel Bryan, I'm assuming, is going to work big casts, even though they very much at Backlash, the way that was booked, uh, you know, I know that uh, big cast, you know, that dastardly big cast attacked him after the bell, but I, that didn't really make me want to see a rematch. It was 14 <laughs> matches at Mania, by the way. 14. Okay. Well, we're on our way. <laughs> NXT will only have five, as yeah. per usual. Yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to get to NXT before we ran out of time this week, and... Uh, I am really looking forward to NXT show. Uh, I think a lot of us look forward to these NXT TakeOver shows a lot. And uh, I think TakeOver Chicago last year, you could argue, had the best match of the year at WWE with that uh, UK title match. And this year, you go in and just looking at that card of five matches, you got Gargano and Ciampa, which will 
likely be a very, very good match. And then you got the one that I'm really looking forward to is Ricochet and Velveteen Dream, which I think. Did you see that segment Wednesday night? That was unbelievable. Where he jumped out of the ring. Yeah, after Dream said anything you can do, I can do better. And Ricochet does that and he looks at him and goes, prove it. Okay, Mm -hmm. the athleticism is otherworldly, obviously, and made the segment from Ricochet. Velveteen Dream's facial reaction was, I don't want to say it was just as impressive as Ricochet doing the flip, but it might have been. <laughs> like, it sold the whole thing because yeah, it made the flip a, look better. They posted a, a GIF or GIF, however you say it, on Twitter of that moment. That was pretty amazing. I just kept watching that on a loop. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's how much does that make you want to watch that match? <laughs> that, that is like the big argument on Twitter sometimes I see is, how do you pronounce it, GIF or GIF? I, I always say GIF, but I don't want to offend half our listeners. Okay, real quick, it, it's, it stands for, like, graphic interface whatever. <laughs> graphic, that's a hard G. Like, yes. Can we all just go with GIF, please? <laughs> I usually say GIF, but... Sorry, go ahead, guys. <laughs> Yeah, this is this match is going to be awesome. I've always been high on Ricochet for a long time. I like the dream a lot. And so, man, this is going to be a hell of a show. Hell of a show. Um, Alistair Black and Lars. We should talk Lars, about it more yeah, next week. Definitely next week. We got to spend a lot of time in NXT because you mentioned, Kyle, earlier that television's been really good lately. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all caught up. You know, it took. Uh, you know, I think like a lot of people, you take some weeks off and then you just watch them, you know, three in a row or something. And, uh, yeah, really, it's funny. It's really easy to consume, you know, a couple of those in a row. Yeah. Just like Taco Bell tacos. God, I love Taco <laughs> Bell tacos so much. But the difference is the next day you're still feeling really good from that NXT show. And the next day after Taco <laughs> Bell, maybe not so much. <laughs> okay, here's what we need. As Let's... Kyle well knows from his greatest Royal Rumble experience. Check the archives yeah. on that one. Oh, boy. All right. Let's table Alistair Black because I, I could go on a long rant about something that I've been wanting to talk about actually since New Orleans with the, the dichotomy of having Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano in the spots they are now. And this the people brought up good points right after that last takeover show. And I think they were absolutely right. So I, I'll talk about I'll tease that for next week. Somebody remind me. Okay. Yes. Let's definitely add that to the agenda for next week. I am I am already upset, and I don't even know where it's going. <laughs> we'll talk about it off air. But and, and Shayna Baszler, who I, I I'm assuming is going to work Nikki. Gr- I'm going to make a comment that's going to stun you both. Shayna Baszler may be my favorite performer under the WWE umbrella right now. My God, did not I mean, see that one coming. You talk about someone who has been able to put it together in a very short period of time. I I mean, you talk about my God. I mean, this whole business with just her bullying Dakota Kai. I mean, you just watch this television. It's like, this is a person who understands their character and is just playing their role to perfection. And can you imagine? Shayna Baszler, when she goes to the main roster, my, oh, my, do you have a compelling situation with her and Ronda Rousey? Oh, yeah. As the friends. You know, I mean, everyone kind of was assuming... They do horsewomen, you know, the horsewomen versus horsewomen. But, you know, the way that the face heel dynamics have kind of been blurred with the WWE uh, women, that's probably not going to happen. And Rousey's gotten over as a baby face. 
Baszler's incredible heel, that may be the big Ronda Rousey match. That's true. I could see it. Yeah, down the line, for sure. I mean, Rousey's the bigger star, but I'm going to tell you something. Right now, Shayna Baszler's a better professional wrestler. I mean, people who are like, People who are like, oh, she can't, she don't even run the ropes. What a shitty criticism that is. (laughs) If I told you that Shayna Baszler was a massive Golden State Warriors fan, would that change your opinion at all? Yes, it would. Okay, I don't know that to be a fact, but I I actually did. Don't you? She better not like. No, okay. Behind the scenes here, as you were talking, I pulled up a tab and I googled Shayna Baszler, Golden State Warriors, to hope I could come up with some quote from her on that, but I could not find anything. So you're safe for now. Oh, oh, how great would it be if she choked out that Draymond Green? Oh my my god! God. I would. I'd empty the. I'm emptying the checking account right now. Who do I pay? Patreon. (laughs) We're Patreon. How do I make this happen? Patreon.com. How can I make that happen? <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, guys, we are about out of time. So as Kyle was mentioning, patreon.com slash top rope nation. If you guys want to have some uh, creative direction for the show, um, there is a members only forum we could make use of there where the listeners that, you know, donate a dollar a month or whatever you want to donate, you can have some creative input. You could be a kind of behind-the-scenes de facto producer of Top Rope Nation. You can see us streaming video as we record the show. My God, who wouldn't want to see that? Check it out. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. We did a t-shirt giveaway last week. Uh, If you want to check out the merch page, it is linked at uh, our website, uh, website, TopRopeNation.com. You can find us wherever podcasts are found we appreciate all of the five-star ratings you guys have been leaving us on itunes that's been helping out our uh, visibility and download numbers for sure specifically from connecticut like i mentioned earlier and uh no that definitely helps the show grow and i think i think the easiest way for us to continue to grow this thing is just word of mouth so if you enjoy what we're doing you think we do a good wrestling podcast which we all do um definitely just tell your friends check out an episode see if they like it you know, people take their friends' recommendations over whatever algorithm iTunes is giving them to check out. So tell a friend. If all of you guys tell a friend or two that like professional wrestling to check out this Top Rope Nation podcast, it'll help us out. So we would appreciate it. Any closing comments from you two gentlemen before we go? <laughs> no. Nope. I, I, hear, I, hear, I hear a fiddling with the microphone on Justin's end there. Uh-oh. <laughs> nothing kyle i hope I'm next week thinking of, i'm thinking about Shayna baszler choking out Draymond green and, <laughs> i was ooh. just gonna say i hope next week when we get into your alistair black discussion you are in a better mood from the nba finals which you may be because i think the Cavs have a better shot than people gave them heading in that's for sure i appreciate that buddy that's really nice to say yes well, they they did yeah <laughs> justin don't you don't you start talking like that <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for checking us out. We will be back with the Landmark Episode 60 show next week. Have a good weekend.
At CVS Health Hub, you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab what you need all in one trip, even on evenings and weekends. That's healthier made easier. Visit a CVS Health Hub today. Services vary by location. See cvs.com slash health hub for details.